Hello, my beauties, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shaw. Today's episode is chock full of trending topics. The deep dive is very important and interesting. I think it's something that we've all needed to talk about for a while, so I'm excited to talk about it. And these trending topics are, whew, I don't even know what to say. Let's just get into this episode. <laughs> Okay, beauties, let's hop into these trending topics. So the first trending topic today is Gracel Beavis is joining The Real as their new co-host. So this comes after Tamara has left uh, The Real to focus on her family. Tamara Housley was on The Real since its creation, and she's done several seasons for The Real, even done a behind-the-scenes episode where the women, you know, they expose the fact that they have to get up at 4 a.m. They have to tape every single day and they do two episodes on Thursday to be off on Friday. Many shows do that style. So, you know, she has two young children and I think she just is taking this time to focus on her family and she has left the show. Amanda Seals has also left the show after she fulfilled her contract. She decided it wasn't a good fit for her. In watching the show, I would agree. Amanda Seals just wasn't the kind of co-host The Real was looking for. Amanda definitely has an opinion that a lot of people want to hear, but The Real was just not the place for her to express that opinion. You know, and every show is not going to be for every person, and we completely understand that. And, you know, that's just something that, you know, she's going to have to come to grips with that she's not for everybody, but the people that tune into her enjoy her you know, critiques, her reviews, her commentary, and her analysis. So I'm sure she'll find another platform to be on, but the real was not it. Now, Cell is a great pick for the show, in my opinion. She's going to open up the demographic to um, a lot of older people that may be interested in watching a show like The Real because they don't really identify with the talk or the view, but The Real was kind of like sophomoric in the beginning. But now, having a more mature host like Gracelle will raise their demographic and get those people in those mid 50s, you know, early 60s women who identify with her and also identify with the other ladies on the show. You know, and thinking about this topic, I was thinking, I was like, when the show first started, a lot, a couple of the cast um, women on there were single. And now when you look at it, it's like Lonnie's dating someone, Jenny's engaged. Um, Adrian is married, um, you know, and then, so having Gracelle on there, like it's just shifted. It's not the same young women that used to be on the show. Everybody's gotten older. Everybody's gotten more mature. So I think that she'll fit in great with them. And Gracelle held her own on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Let us not forget. Um, I'm not completely sure if she'll be continuing with the franchise. I don't think that she will be. But she held her own she held her own for the time that she was there and it opened this door for her to be on the reel. So whatever she was going to accomplish in that show, she definitely did it. She got herself back on the minds and lips of people that were talking about her being on the show, talking about her in general, talking about her past and the acting and things that she's done. So 
congrats to you, Gracelle. And I will be watching to see how, you know, what she adds to the show, what her dynamic kind of gives to the show. So our next trending topic is Meg names her shooter. Now in a past episode, I talked about Megan the Stallion being shot after a Hollywood Hills party. And she did come out on her Instagram live and name her shooter to be the R&B singer Tori Lanez. Um, astonishingly, she received a mixed review on social media. Some people were even claiming that she knew what she was getting into when she started to talk to Tori and that he has always had this weird volatile vibe and that he's not one that can be told what to do or what to say. And he does get very, very physical and violent with people. Now that's something that comes kind of as a surprise to me because I haven't heard that about him. And like I talked about in the past um, episode, he was kind of becoming that person that people enjoyed watching during quarantine. So nobody really thought he had this violent streak, but apparently he has had it. Um, But a lot of people did come up in Meg's defense and it was nice to see um bun b chance the rapper michael b jordan mario rihanna beyonce and the list just goes on and on many celebrities supporting her you know being there for her and applauding her for being so brave i mean imagine somebody shoots you you don't come forward immediately because you're trying to protect them knowing that they're not a citizen he is from canada so he will likely be deported and she was doing everything she could to kind of keep it between them but it just seems like tori feels as though he did nothing wrong now no one was in the car with them except for the driver and um megan's best friend so we will never know the complete story but no matter what was said I think it's important to note that no one deserves to be shot and no one deserves to have violence come upon them because they're saying things and I think we need to be very clear about that because a lot of people have a lot to say about what Megan said to him she might have called him this she might have called him that Uh, whatever the case may have been. I just want to make it perfectly clear that you cannot say anything to someone for them to imply deadly force upon you, period. So um, Bun B made a video about, you know, his support for Megan and he spoke out in that video and he just basically said, you know, she's from Houston. I'm from Houston. If that would have happened in Houston, they would have gone over there and you know, did some things to Tori, but, um, Megan is in LA with a couple of her friends and her, you know, her hair people, makeup people and stuff, but she doesn't really have that support of like a home family base that she had in Houston and her parents have, um, both passed. So, you know, she doesn't have the support that some people may. And I like that he brought that up because, you know, friends are great. Family is great, but your parents and your really close relatives are the people that hold you down and keep you grounded. And unfortunately, Megan doesn't have that. So to attack someone who's already kind of lacking in that area is just, you know, makes it even more disgusting. But I'm glad that Bun B and other Um, celebrities have come out in her defense and kind of just made it clear that this is not something that we can tolerate, especially as it pertains to black men, you know, inflicting violence onto black women. Like we really have to make a stance against that. 
All right, so we're going to go on to our next trending topic. Jeffree Star, the makeup mogul, has a new boo. Jeffree Star has been known for his racist past as well as his makeup. You know, you either know him for his makeup or you know him for his racist remarks. So it's basically tied with Jeffree. You know, he's in drama a lot. He also drops sickening collections. You know, personally, I don't buy his makeup because of the comments that he's made in his past. And I personally rather support black owned makeup brands um then go and support someone who has a conflicted past like that that's just my personal preference people do what they will but apparently he is now dating a black man named Andre Marhold Marhold is a basketball player overseas and he also has a young son now the twist came about when Marhold's ex-girlfriend took to Instagram last night to express her sadness that Marhold is moving on from her and apparently their family they have the son together she is the mother of the son that he's taking pictures with and um people are accusing Jeffrey of home wrecking now this is my opinion to be fair I don't really like Jeffree Star. I think that's pretty clear. But we can't assume that this man is home wrecking just because this lady came out of the woodworks and claimed that, you know, she's saddened over the fact that he's moved on to Jeffrey, whatever, what have you. We do not know how close in proximity this relationship was and now how this relationship has been with Jeffrey. They could have been together for two or three days and decided to start posting pictures. You know, nobody knows how long they've been together and nobody knows how long it's been since he's broken up with his ex. You know, the child does look fairly young. In my estimation, I would say under a year. So there's that. They were together at least a year ago. Um, you know, when she had the baby, whatever, what have you. But I mean, to say he's a homeworker, we just don't have enough information. Now to say that he's using this relationship to get over some of the racist things that he said in his past, I believe that. Let me tell you something. Jeffrey is very strategic and he knows how to play his hand. If you notice and you've been paying close attention to what's been going on in the makeup community, as soon as Shane Dawson started to go down for his comments, Jeffrey separated himself from him. Shane said that Jeffrey was family and while Jeffrey was being accused, Shane stood by him while saying that his actions were not appropriate, that he stood by Jeffrey and that they were family. Jeffrey said no such things about Shane. Let's make that clear. And he also threw Tati under the bus saying that she's an adult woman and he had nothing to do with the video that she decided to make against um, James Charles. So he's done things in the past that are very calculated. Do I think he has feelings for Andre? Sure. Why not? He's an attractive guy, you know, nice build and everything. Maybe he did like him, but to date someone of color right now is definitely a power play by Jeffrey. If you look at everything he's doing, he's surrounding himself. Now he has a black hairstylist. Now he has a black boyfriend. He's surrounding himself, trying to, you know, be quote, you know, down with the community all of a sudden um, because he wants to separate himself from Shane and keep his collection selling. He just dropped another palette and, you know, he wants to make all the coin he can, black community coin, white community, Spanish, whoever else he wants to get in his hands in all the cookie jars, so to speak. So 
do I think it's calculated? Sure. As far as the ex, I don't know if he's a homewrecker. You know, that's information that we just don't have. But I will keep you updated as this situation is sure to unfold because it doesn't look like his ex is going to stop posting anytime soon. And um, there may be more on that. <laughs> okay, the next topic, Pastor John Gray has been caught cheating once again. Now, last year, Pastor Gray was applauded for disclosing a relationship that he had outside of his marriage. He was tearful. He was holding his wife. He spoke about his shortcomings. And, you know, it really made him look human in a lot of people's eyes. They were like, you know, he has this big church. He's anointed. He has these great messages to people. But at the same time, he's a man. And he fell short just like anybody else could. Um, and so, you know, while it wasn't something that people were proud of him for, it seemed like him and his wife were moving on from the situation. Um, and they had decided to come together and in the front against whatever else was going on in their relationship, but they were going to stick together and they were going to work on it. Well, this week, um, some videos have leaked that he apparently sent to his mistress, um, where he goes into detail about their affair and how he wanted to take her on a vacation. They were having some type of cook off that they were doing against each other. Um, and he even brought his child into it, asking him whether or not his mother had prepared dinner for them in the last week. And how many frozen pizzas he did eat. Now this story um, is especially tiring to me as a Christian. And a person that is you know, faithfully in the church. When people decide that they're going to put the guise of you know, Christianity or whatever over their scams. Like this man, if you go back and watch the videos and they're all over Twitter and it's easy to find, I think Jesse Wu reposted it. Um, and all the, the, the different replies, you'll basically get a sense of what's going on. But this man just feels like if he's not getting a five course meal every night and whatever else from his wife that he is justified in cheating and to the point where he's including his children, you know, I just can't. There's a lot of things that I guess you can get over. Nobody's perfect. But to sit there and call yourself a pastor and run around and do things like that is disrespectful to the ministry. And it's disrespectful to all the pastors out there that are really out here mentoring people going to the hospitals at the end of the day when they're already tired from doing everything else that they had going on, taking time away from their life to plan their sermons, plan their Sunday schools, plan their outreach ministries, thinking about different ways they can help their church and the community. You're taken away from real pastors out here. And being in a family that includes a lot of preaching um, men and women, it just feels disrespectful to me. Like I feel personally disrespected by this man running around calling himself a pastor. I really wish he would just drop the pastor and call himself John Gray. Cause I want to know what you've been called to. If that's how you feel, you should approach your marriage and your lifestyle. Like, cause that don't see that. I don't see holy nowhere in that, you know, and that's just me. That's just my opinion. So, you know, we're going to hope that John Gray can pull it together. If not, step down.
Listen, there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and working on yourself. You need to take a step back and work on yourself. And if at the end of that time, you can come back to the church, you come back to the church. But you need to take that time and get your mind right. Okay? (laughs) Take the time away and get your mind right. (laughs) And those are our trending topics that I have for you guys today. Stay tuned for our deep dive. Okay, beauties, you know what I'm going to say. It's my favorite part of the podcast. And today is another um, really important topic that I wanted to bring up um, with some parts of it being all the way back from three years ago and then some parts of it being recent. I just feel like this has to be a space where we can talk about these kind of things. And I'll try not to make it graphic, but we need to talk about these type of things. So having said that, today's topic is believing black women. And we're going to focus this conversation starting with an incident that happened between Kiki Palmer and Trey Songz and then some other women that were involved with Trey Songz and what they had to say about their interaction with him. So let's start in the beginning. So in January 2017, Kiki Palmer was in Miami She was there for a couple weeks. I guess she was partying or whatever from the new year. And on the last day that she was there, she went to Trey Songz's home. Now, um, Kiki was mentioned in a song by Trey Songz, Fabulous, and Mike Angel. It was called Pick Up the Phone. And in this song, Kiki was mentioned by name. You know, she had a little line reference there. And she was at this house party with Trey Songs. I guess Fabulous was there and Mike Angel was there. And they were going to do a pop-up video. They're like, oh, this is perfect. Kiki's here. A bunch of girls are here. A bunch of guys are here. We're having a party anyway. Let's turn this party into a pop-up video shoot. So at this time, Kiki was approached by Trey and his management, basically saying, you know, your name's in this song. Why don't you get on this video? You're already here. We're going to start to shoot this video, just a couple different frames of you and maybe you and Trey or you partying and interacting with the other people at the party. Now, at this point, Kiki said she was already in a, you know, compromised state of mind. She had been drinking, whatever, what have you, you know, nothing wild. She's of age, but she just said she wasn't in the frame of mind to do business. She wasn't there for business. She was there to turn up with her friends. She wasn't really planning on being recorded in that moment. Um, Kiki said they had went away and came back several times and asked her to be in this video. Now, while she's having these multiple different conversations with Trey and his management, she was being recorded at that time. She did not know she was being recorded, but she was talking to Trey and she was being recorded speaking to him. And this is actually the portion that ended up in the video since she refused used to shoot any other scenes. Now, Kiki was so terrified of being pressured by Trey and his management and I guess other people that were at the party that were kind of trying to make it happen um, that she hid in a closet. Now, she hid in the closet for, you know, they didn't give us a time frame, but she hid in the closet for a good amount of time to the point where people begin to look for her. So Trey's looking for her. Other people in his camp are looking for her. 
and her friend happened to be in the room that she was in but you know she was just like oh yeah you know Kiki went to the bathroom or whatever and they're like she's not in the bathroom we just looked in the bathroom so where is she and then the girl was you know she was just drinking having a good time maybe not even realizing how terrified Kiki was and she was like oh she's in the closet so Trey opens the closet and you know he's like well you know Kiki you don't gotta do all this if you really don't want to do it you don't have to do it like it's not a big deal like let's just enjoy the rest of this party so I guess at that point Kiki was like okay you know this was a weird moment that I was being pressured to do something but at the end of the day it was cool they didn't make me do it and so I guess she continued to enjoy the rest of the party and go back on her merry way to LA now later in the month Kiki realized that that footage did indeed make it into the video um and it's kind of crazy because when Trey found her in the closet he said everything was okay he knew that they had the footage and he knew that they would probably use that footage because he was aware they were recording Kiki wasn't but he was so that's important to know so then when the video was released Kiki spoke out she spoke up for herself and she faced criticism um because Trey was basically tweeting back saying that she was exaggerating the situation. So Kiki took to her social media and she basically explained the situation. I don't think she exaggerated the situation. She basically just spoke about what happened and she also spoke about the fact that she had a relationship with Trey for over 12 years, that they were signed to the same record label and he knew her even when she was a kid, you know, working on music and doing different projects and stuff like that. Like they didn't know each other for a very long time. So she wasn't expecting this kind of behavior from him. But at the end of the day, she took his word when he said that she wouldn't be in the video. So she really kind of left it at that when they were in person. So I guess Trey's point of view was if you were so annoyed by it why did you stay at the party and then you know why did you not say anything else to me and I think what she was really coming from was I addressed it at the time if you don't put me in the video that's probably where she would have left it when she saw the video was released and that she was still in it that's when she had a problem and just generally I guess it's important to note nobody really believed what Kiki was saying. And honestly, the way Trey played it off, it was almost like Kiki was clout chasing off of him. Like I was at this party, but I didn't want people to know I was at this party or whatever, you know, the case may have been, they kind of blew everything off. And it kind of made it seem like whatever she was doing, she was doing it because she just wanted the clout and she wanted that moment of being able to kind of call somebody out on something that really wasn't that big of a deal. Okay, so let's put a pin in that for now and move on to the most recent situation that's going on. So Selena Powell, who is known for basically hooking up with celebrities and kind of being like an all around Instagram groupie, was on Adam 22's podcast with her friend Eliza. Now, in the No Jumper podcast, Eliza detailed an account of her hooking up with Trey and then allegedly being held hostage for several days without her phone or ID. So Eliza goes into the situation with Trey, 
of course, willingly, consensually. She wanted to be with him. There was nothing going on there. There were some things that took place um, between the two of them that she really didn't consent to, but again, did not contest. I'm not going to really go into those things, but if you want to know what those things are, Adam 22's podcast is still up. So you can go and search that and you will find the details on that, but we're not going to go into them in this podcast. So basically some of the things she was more okay with than others, but at the end of the day, she went there to have sex with him, you know, period. That's what she went there for. Now, apparently upon trying to leave, he held her purse over the banister her purse contained her ID and her phone. So she didn't decide to try to leave again. And she basically kept asking him, when can I leave? When can I leave? She wasn't sure when she would be able to leave the hotel suite. And he finally told her, you can leave when I get back on my flight to go home. And she said, well, when is that? And then I guess he said tomorrow or something like that. So upon him going home, she was able to gather her things and she was able to leave. Um, It was a really weird situation the way she described it. And the fact that she would even speak about it kind of makes me think that maybe, you know, she did all this because she knew she would never try to have another interaction with him because that in itself just seems so scary and weird that you would go somewhere for assuming one night and then end up staying there the whole weekend, especially when that's not what you plan to do or it's not what you wanted to do. And you're kind of being held against your will, not knowing when you're going to be able to leave or not being able to kind of do what you want to do and move freely. So I can understand her being like kind of terrified and kind of like, you know, skeeved about the whole situation. Now, people immediately came to Selena and Eliza's defense. They believed them. They started challenging Trey immediately, and it caused him to limit his comments on Instagram. And he's been very quiet since the whole situation took off. Um, He tried to make a statement on Twitter, denying everything that was said on the podcast, Um, but the receipts that he seemed to show really didn't show anything except for a, um, DM conversation between him and Selena Powell. So I guess he was maybe trying to say, if that's true, why would Selena Powell be still messaging me? Um, but I think what was more telling to everyone is that Selena was messaging him and he was responding. So at some point they had had interactions before and it looks like from the DMs, he was interested in having more interactions with Selena. And it kind of just makes Eliza's story more valid because he's making it seem like who believes these girls, they sleep with everybody. But at the same time, you just showed from your own phone DMs between you and one of these girls. So you have been interacting with these girls. You know, and also Selena then came with her receipts, which I think was a little more telling that she's been working with the women's rights attorney, um, Lisa Bloom, and that Lisa Bloom has told her that she's worked on settlements for other women involving Trey Songs. So that's also very telling. I mean, she's a woman, a women's rights activist. She works with a lot of women's rights cases 
And for her to kind of come out and say, oh, I've dealt with this in the past. Like he's a person that will pay out a settlement for the kind of distress that you've experienced. Um, I just find this troubling in so, so many ways. And that's why I want to do a deep dive on it. Firstly, like the title says, Believing Black Women. When Kiki said she was in a weird and pressuring situation of intimidation with Trey Songs. Nobody wanted to believe her. Everybody thought she was putting too much on it. Everybody thought she was exaggerating the situation. When two other when two women that are not black, let's put it like that, came out against him, it was immediately, let's go into his comments, let's blow up his Twitter, let's blow up his Instagram. Now I will say that in 2017 the Me Too movement wasn't what it is today, as in people get called out and people are really believing the accusers because there's just people are really behind women's stories these days. And I think that's a great thing. I'm not sure if that was the climate back then when Kiki first came out. But in either way, we should have believed Kiki as somebody that we can trust. She's never been out here lying in the past about different interactions that she's had with celebrities. And like she said in the story, she's been famous all of her life. She's a child star that is now an adult. So she has really been famous for such a long time. We really had no reason not to believe Kiki and we really have to start believing black women when they say things about people that they interact with and it also kind of leads me to the fact that no matter what you see in music videos or on social media or whatever you don't know these people you know what I mean you want to hook up with people you want to do your thing like that's your prerogative I will never shame anybody for using and you know having agency with their body and doing whatever they want to do with their body. But at the end of the day, you have to remember, you don't know these people and you don't know what they're capable of because at the end of the day, you could be just another person that they end up abusing and you may never really get to tell your story or become whole from that experience without a lot of hard work and time and effort put into that. You just have to be very, very careful who you're alone with and who you put yourself in situations with. And it's sad that you have that I have to say that, but I feel like it's worth saying because a lot of people, especially in this Instagram age, they feel like, oh, I'm cute, I'm this, I'm that. And yeah, like use it, work it, like get that bad girl, like live your life. I'm not, this is not, I'm not a person that's judging anybody's decisions to do whatever they want to do. All I'm saying is be smart about it because you don't know what these men, women, whoever are capable of. You think you know, but you really don't. You know, the perception of someone is not who they really are. And you don't want to be the person that catches them on that off day and just, you know, become a statistic. You just don't want it to happen to you. Um... And we just have to continue to believe all women that come forward and, you know, in in that group, all women believe black women and believe that what Kiki was saying was true. Why do we have to have it corroborated by two other women later, three years later for people to be like, oh, wow, we owe Kiki an apology. Kiki tried to tell us. Listen, I like Trey Songz's music too. And I think what he's doing right now for Black Lives Matter movement is also pretty great. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make him a perfect human. 
And if he has done these things, he needs to answer for the things that he's done. You know, no one should be held on a pedestal to the point where they don't have to suffer the consequences of their actions. You know, if he, if this was his past and this is not what he does anymore, then let that be that. But he has to face up to the consequences for his actions. And we have to be smarter than to think, well, that's my jam. I love Trey songs. He would never do that. You don't know Trey songs. You know, you don't know any of them. None of us do. (laughs) So this blinded loyalty to someone you don't even know, that's what you have to be careful of, especially going into these, you know, situations where you're kind of one-on-one with somebody because they're a celebrity and you're starstruck. You have to be careful. You know, you have to be very, very careful where you put your body, where you put your situation, how you put yourself out there, because you don't know these people, you know, we have to be very careful and we have to believe the testimonies of those strong enough to come forward. I don't want to go on too long, so we'll cut it off there. Um, This has been the deep dive for today. Let's stay tuned for those outro comments. Okay, my beauties, this is my least favorite part of the show where I have to say goodbye to you. I just want to personally thank everyone who's listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast on your social media, on your stories, everywhere that you've been sharing it. I want to thank you all for your comments. This topic today was actually suggested um, by a friend who listens to the podcast. Shout out to you, Kelly. Um, and if you have any ideas for a podcast, please, please, please either email them to me, DM them to me, or go to our official podcast Facebook page, Tea Talk with Shot, and you can leave your comments and show ideas there. As always, arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. We won't rest until she gets the justice that she deserves. Have a wonderful day or night wherever you are, and I will catch you on the next episode. Bye!